0: Hey there, welcome to the show. My name is Andy Last, and you are listening to Beyond Synth, episode 100. That's right, I'm videotaping this today, just so people can see what it looks like when I record the show. Although, I'm putting on a little bit of an act, because usually I don't have all these lights on. And uh, I'm not often wearing a blazer while I record. I also wear headphones and... I'm not always wearing Beyond Synth branded clothing, but uh, anyways, listen, today is episode 100 of Beyond Synth, all right, I've got a guest on that people have wanted me to have on the show for a while, wanted me to have on the show for a while, and uh, we're going to talk to him in just a bit, so I thought I would just say a few things, because it's episode 100, so indulge me, but I'm going to try and keep it short, I want to thank the Patreons, the people who donate to Beyond Synth, who make Beyond Synth possible, and then I want to uh, say a few words. So let's go to the Patreon. As you know, Beyond Synth has a Patreon. That is patreon.com slash Synth, And that is a way that people can donate to the show and uh, support it with their money. Patreon is like a monthly donation thing. So it's kind of like a Kickstarter, except you donate like, you know, a dollar a month or whatever. People who donate higher amounts get some special prizes. And it's really helped. So I got to say this up front. It is because of the Patreon that we are at episode 100. And I mean that 100%. The first three years of Beyond Synth, there was 15 episodes a season, and that was a year. And it's because of the Patreon that I saw that, oh, people actually, like, they're really enjoying the show, they're willing to support it, you know, financially, and it makes it so even there are some, there have been some weeks where there was not a show ready, and I just worked my ass off, like, the day before the show had to come out, because people are supporting the show, and that's the reason why. So it's, uh, you know, it's tit for tat, Alright, let's now read some of these lovely people. These people who donate to Beyond Synth. There's Power 85. That's the station that plays Beyond Synth every Thursday nights at 8pm. There's Brendan Callum, Rivonia, Bending Unit 22, Lunar Baboon. You know, he's got a very popular web cartoon. You should check it out. He doesn't need my help because he's like literally like hundreds of thousands of people read that one but uh thank you for your support lunar baboon there's nox bellow Terrence thompson nathan winter russ Nyes, data suck Seach, the fear merchant kanaz Argen 1981 russell hugo kyle Junk mail, Jeff, and we haven't done junk mail in like a month. We'll get back to that, Jeff. I promise. He's the only guy who likes that segment, uh, the junk email bag. But uh, we're we're gonna get back to it. He sent me some really funny ones, so I'm gonna I'm gonna have to read those for sure. Then there's Python Blue, talented synthwave artist. Man, check out his stuff. He's been on the show before, and uh, you should check it out because it's cool. Then there's Airman Adrian King, Replicant eighty one, Katner. Max Hutchings, Zycorax I90RR, Mitch Wiseman, Jeff Block, Tomas Shububinic, Chris Schmokel, 420 Chris Schmokel, then there's Common Sense. And uh, and now we've got my lovely $5 Pattersons, all right? These are the people who donate 5 bucks a month because they are super cool. There's Kai and Saloya, X-Riz Music, Joe and Lando. Now, they have a podcast called The Ozone Nightmare. I've been on The Ozone Late Night. That's the one that Joe hosts himself, and uh, we would talk for, like, hours. There's, like, these, like, three-hour episodes of just, like, me talking. So if you like that, which I know... Not many people do. There's Roman, Devious Raven, Bobby B, John Eternal, Dougie Fresh, Lame Robot, Mono Memory. I think I played uh, Mono Memory tracks on the show before. Florence Bullock, who actually just sent me some, actually, who actually just sent me some tracks uh, the other day, and they're pretty good. So I'm going to play some some of her tracks on an upcoming show. There's Matthew Lister, Simon Norberg, Lingo which is a great website you can check out if you like Synthwave. They've got interviews and stuff. Lots of guests who are probably too big to appear on this show, but you can read their answers in print, so that's a good place to go. Then there's New Get Ninja. Greg Smith, who is also ULOS. Uh, you should check him out. He's got some tracks that I dig. Mike Shima. Still don't know how to pronounce your name, and I have not gotten clarification. I think it's Shima. Could be Shema. Who knows? The Rosconian. Night Raptor. Uh, Night Raptor makes music you should check out. Then there's Stu M. Ross Pentland. Dana Jean Phoenix. Fe- oh, this is new. New this week. Dana Jean Phoenix. Of course, you know who Dana Jean is. She's a voice on a ton of synthwave tracks. She was on the show in season one, and I saw her perform about three weeks ago. Uh, and it was a lot of fun. It's in like a little bar and then she, uh, she got on a little wireless mic and she started walking through the crowd uh, singing, and uh, it was a good time. She had light-up shoes. So, uh, thank you Dana for your support of the show. And uh, go listen to Dana's music. She's got a new album coming out. Then there's new donor Tristan Wade... Tristan Wades, Wades, Tristan, Tristan Wades, W-E-Y-D-T-S. No idea how to pronounce that, buddy. You let me know, Tristan. Thank you very much for your support, by the way. It means a lot to me. And let me know how to pronounce your name so I do it right. I'm a stickler for name pronunciation. And of course, Ethan Hennings. And then... Then we get to the donation of the beast, which of course six sixty six. When people donate that amount, the donation of the beast, it makes me laugh. And there's now a new donation of the beast, which is amazing. So of course, Hellroy started the whole thing. Shout out to Hellroy uh, with uh, six sixty six, and then Lucas Ceballos joined the donation of the beast last week. We had a new member, Blake Peterson, and this week. A new member of the Donation of the Beast and uh, a new donor to be on Synth, Carm. Thanks, Carm, for your support and for being part of the Donation of the Beast, 666, Satan. And thank you very much for your support. You're a cool guy, Carm. And from your thumbnail image, uh, bald as well. So there's that. And you're wearing glasses. Anyways, let's go to my lovely $10 Pattersons. These guys donate $10 a month because they're super cool. All right? There's Jake Last, who is not related to me, I don't think, but is a cool guy. And he's also a graphic designer, so check him out. Jake Last Designs, or I don't know what it's called, but um, uh, check it out. He did uh, did my logo, which is on this shirt. He redid it. He made me some... uh, designs that I've used for some business cards and things, but you're going to hear about that in the future. I'll do a proper plug for Jake, but thank you for your support. Then there's Trevor Resnick. Uh, he's a cool guy too. He sends me links to tracks all the time and it helps me out because, um, a lot of time goes into making the show. You know, when people send me links and say, Hey, have you heard this track? Have you heard this? And I check it out. And if it's cool, you know, I get in contact with the artists and, uh, play their tracks on the show. So, uh, thank you, Trevor. For your support and for uh, sending me uh, music links and stuff. I do check them out. I think sometimes because he'll send me links over the course of like a few weeks and I don't really say anything in response. I just play them and go, okay. And then when I finally respond, he's like, oh, you finally responded to that. And I'm like, no, no, I listen to them all. I do. Um, Colin Bennett. FM84 super talented artist you know i've talked about those um, the atlas album from uh, from last year it was like one of the best ones and uh, he's a super talented guy so check out FM84 then there's Fraser Trousers 1984 which is of course Fraser Davidson thank you for your support buddy you can check out my thank you video that i made for him on youtube and he was also on the listener episode as well then there's Victor Garza who's got a name i just love to say Ezra Van Dam Will Low, who I just made a video for, which I just posted, I think uh, two days ago. So check that out. And then there's Winfield, Nathaniel Rivera, Polly Digital, who is my actual cousin. and Jacob Wick. And uh, they're all cool people. And of course, this week we've got the King of the Pattersons, Chris Dance with a $25 donation. That guy is super fucking cool. In my book. Thank you very much for your support, buddy. It means a lot to me. And thank you, everybody, for donating to the Beyond Synth Patreon. It is the reason why the show is still going. And if you want to support the show, go to Beyond Synth. Nope. Go to patreon.com slash beyondsynth and help out the show. So, listen. We're going to get to the interview in just a second. Beyond Synth, episode 100. Okay? Uh, I think it's crazy that uh, we've done 100 episodes and I want to thank all the people who were there at the beginning who really sort of helped the show get going. You know, when I first discovered the synthwave scene through uh, Hotline Miami and listening to Perturbator, when I discovered Ogre, you know, I got in contact with him. I didn't know there was a scene and I thought if I do this podcast, I'm going to have to reach out to these people individually, you know, on Twitter or whatever. And he took a chance, like Ogre took a chance because the show didn't exist. It could have been really shitty. You know, who knows? So I always am uh, grateful to Robin for being my first guest and for writing one of my favorite songs of all time, Sure Thing, which is the theme song to Beyond Synth. That song is so fucking good. And Ogre is a really talented dude who's made a lot of awesome albums. You know, he was the first guest. So that's, you know, I'm always going to be thankful for that. And because it's he makes cool music. And of course, Hoo-Ha, who does all the jingles on the show, Mike Mendoza, because he introduced me to the synthwave scene. He's the one who told me about synthetics and introduced me to my first set of guests. I heard his track Outrunning, also one of my favorite songs, on one of those new Retrowave compilations. I don't think that song's on there anymore, but uh, what would the synthwave scene be without a little drama? But it was there at the time, and it's a great song. And I reached out to him. He turned out to be a fun guy. We recorded a test episode, which I never released. And then he introduced me to Vincenzo Salvia, Protector 101, Highway Superstar, Sunglasses Kid. And I don't know if I've ever said this, but the whole reason why I ever got in contact with Adam McNabb from Look Set was an actual mistake, because hoo said, oh, I'll send you Sunglasses Kid's contact info, and he sent me Adams instead. And so when I got in contact with Adam, it's like, oh, and then I finally realized, oh, this is the guy from Look Set. And then, of course, Tonight by Look Set is still one of my favorite songs of all time. I mean, I think that's the thing about the synthwave scene. One thing that's amazing is I've got to chat with a whole bunch of really fun people. I've got to make some great friends. The scene is cool because it's not focused on one specific thing. It's about a time. So... We have all these different things to talk about, and everyone seems to share in those common interests. So it's not just the music, but it's movies and TV and cartoons and video games and all these things that we grew up with are all sort of encompassed in this scene. And so that's why it's a lot of fun to talk to people, because it's not that restricted. You know, and a lot of people in the scene are really funny. I mean, like, I can't believe the amount of fun conversations I've had with people. I mean, of course, look a set, I have to say, because, you know, those are the funniest shows. They're a bunch of really funny guys and also talented. It's really fun to chat with people who you respect as artists, you know, and I do. I think uh, it's really cool. You know, there's a bunch of people in the scene who have produced songs that are, like, some of my favorite songs of all time. I don't listen to Synthwave as if it's this separate thing. You know, like, oh, here's real music, and then here's Synthwave. Like, no, like, there's artists who have made some of my favorite tracks of all time. Tonight by Set is one of my favorite tracks of all time. You know, and Ogre and all the other artists who make cool things. I know I keep mentioning the same ones, but, you know. So I want to thank all the guests who have been on the show you know because of course that's what keeps the show going that's why people tune in they don't tune in for me they're tuning in for the guests and there have been some some great ones over the years and some fun ones and people who I've had back multiple times because we're, you know they're fun to chat with you know I always like having Protector 101 back on the show he likes to giggle Hoo-ha, we know we have a lot of fun look is set who have I had back to like I've had a bunch of people oh, Droid Bishop you know and, uh, I mean, there's too many to fucking name. I'm looking at the list now, and it just keeps on going on and on. But, you know, uh, you know, Grooveworthy, Dana Jean Phoenix, Arc Neon, D.A.D., uh, who I got a chance to meet briefly when he was up in Toronto, Perturbator, Betamax, who's staging a comeback, Alpha Boy, Kid Casio, Mega Drive, Arcade High, Swagbot, does that dude even make music anymore? Christine, Magic Sword, you know, those Magic Sword episodes are the most popular ones. So again, sometimes I just have to thank the guests. When people love the guests, they listen to the show. It's got nothing to do with me, and I know that. Believe me, I am very self-aware of how shitty I am. Then there's Vector Sector and Howard, Celerect LA Dreams, Dallas Campbell, Future Tape, Phaserland, Dan Terminus, Blushes. I don't even think they're banned anymore. So it's like a time capsule. It's great. Lockheed James, Python Blue, robots with ray guns, Ghost, Damon Hatfield, Von Herzog, Gunship, Moon Dragon, Chalk Dinosaur, Miami Nights, 1984, The Midnight, the guys who directed the fucking Carpenter Brutes video Turbo Killer, Seth Ackerman which is like the best music video, one of the best music videos ever made. And those guys were on the show, and that was cool. Uh, Dance with the Dead, who I got to see perform uh, in Toronto. Jaunter, RF Extreme, uh, Nina, Let Em Riot, Fem Pop, Makeup and Vanity Set. That was a great two-parter. Myrone, Giant Spirit pilot priest who is like one of the best Pilot Priest is so good and uh, and we did a fun chat where we were walking around Toronto Rick Shithouse the guy that started synthetics FM and uh, Noah Kaufman from synthwaves KFAI because he's on the actual radio and he's got some pretty cool guests on his show empathy test data stream the Astral Stereo Project, Syntax, Lematos, who I also got to see play in Toronto with Carpenter Brute. And those guys are really cool and very inspiring too. Because when I talk to, uh, you know, Lematos, they're always very, uh, they're pushing me to do more with the show. And one of my favorite moments from the Carpenter Brute show was Lematos telling one of their fans about my show because i'm so shitty at promoting myself i'm taking the picture like i got the guy's camera to take a picture of him with lamatos and then uh jean philippe is like uh, hey you, you know who this guy is you know he's beyond synth, you know this and like he's like <laughs> he's pimping my show when i can't and i'm just like wow and i'm super talented dudes man and of course uh dinatron and uh yeah i think that's everybody right I and mean, we just did perturbator that was the two-parter so look Thank everybody. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Beyond Synth. It means a lot to me. I hope to do a lot more. It's always been important to me to do a show that was fun for people to listen to. That I mean, I, I get that the show is light. You know what I mean? It's not like a very heavy show, but I mean, that's the point. All day on Twitter, Facebook, we are just bombarded with how shitty everything is. Shitty stuff that's going on, shitty stuff that's gonna go on, shitty stuff that might happen, and that's all I see all day. And I don't know what the future holds, you know? I would love to do more, and if the circumstances allow me to do more shows, I will. But I always like the idea of keeping the show light, because I want it to be an escape. Because, quite frankly, we're just bombarded all the time with with shit, right? I mean, every day, it's just fucking pictures of just horrible things, and like, you know, and it stresses me out. Okay, I'll admit it, I get stressed out by world events. So, I like to make Beyond Synth a place that's sort of, where that's not really in the conversation and i know some people might think that's a cheat, or that you know we we should be uh, talking about this stuff all the time but i also believe that you know if you just want to be able to relax and have some fun with some like-minded people. That is what Beyond Synth is all about because we just, we get enough garbage uh, everywhere else and I want this place to be fun. And that is my mission statement. I've got like 50 mission statements, but that's one of them. Anyways, thank you all for listening to Beyond Synth. It means a lot to me. Uh, thanks for all the kind words and I hope to do many more. And now, here is my long overdue conversation with Laserhawk. So here's what I'm going to do, man. Okay. Edit out the
1: yawning parts.
0: <laughs> I'll, like, I'll pitch Ben. So if you're in the middle of a word while it's
1: yawning, I'll... Dude, like... can you... Yes. Can you <laughs> auto-tune the yawning somehow? That'd be amazing.
0: That would be amazing. I don't know if I'm going to have time to do that. This episode would air, like, usually I I record these things, like, four months before I air them. Let's just do it live. Oh, that would be bad. Then people will find out how, like, racist I am, for real. (laughs) (laughs) Usually I edit that stuff out. I've got a lot of interesting theories. Anyways, let's fucking start. So, all right, and I am here. You like that? I switched to radio voice. I am here with Laserhawk. Hey, Andy. How is
1: it going, man? It's going all right. It's uh, it's great. Garrett Hayes, that's your name. That is my name, Garrett Hayes, aka Laserhawk, aka some guy. Well, listen, <laughs> uh, you've been a very
0: elusive fellow here on Beyond since you're one of the big names that people are always like, have
1: Laserhawk on the show, and for a hundred episodes, I've you've tried. So. <laughs> We've talked about this. How long, When do you, When do you think the first time that you messaged me like, Hey, man, can you come on this show? Was <laughs> that like, you know, 2010? I delete, yeah, before it even existed. I did it three years before the podcast
0: started. I'm like, I need this guy on the show. And uh, and I just knew that uh, this film Drive was going to come out in several years and was going to inspire a bunch of people to... Is that
1: good? I've never watched that movie. I've heard so many people say like oh you should do the soundtrack you should have been on the soundtrack for that man you've never watched drive i've never watched drive really it's
0: rare but it happens it's gonna be very anticlimactic once you do it's like
2: Uh,
0: it's not a very crazy movie it's just when i saw it i wasn't in the synth wave scene or whatever so i just heard on some movie podcast, like hey it's got kind of a cool electronic score and i'm like cool i'll check it out and so i really liked the movie But in hindsight, with so many people using it as a reference point for making their own music, if you watch it now, you might be going in expecting something else, and it's really just a, you know...
1: So I should watch it and then make my next album. Yeah, exactly. It inspires everybody to do that. Can I call it Drive? Is there, like, a copyright infringement if I do?
0: (sighs) Is that something that the Synthwave scene is concerned with? Copyright infringement? Copyright...
1: Yeah, they're like, yeah,
0: we're coming down on you Oh... No, we're not. Yeah. <laughs> it's a waste of our time. <laughs> yeah, we're going to sue you and your ten listeners. and For hundreds of dollars we're talking about. <laughs> yeah, I would love to see that, actually, like, if they actually did sue for, like, a percentage of revenues. And, like, here's your 78 bucks. Yeah, bastards. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing
1: well-ish. Yeah, I know you're a little tired. It's possible. It's possible. <laughs> we had some guests over last night, so... We stayed up, we burnt the midnight oil, and like the 2am oil. I love that oil. Gets you fucked up. Oh man. We went to this restaurant, I got this bottle of beer called Black Metal, and that's the reason why I bought it. <laughs> and it turned out to just be really shitty beer. It sounds kind of shitty. I do not advise. Was it a, like a local brew? I th- I guess it is. It's like Austin Hill Country brewers of beer, and they made this this beer and it's called black metal and i was like is, is there a guy on the on the label that has like corpse paint on him i have to see this <laughs> and it's like it came in uh, like a 750 bottle right nice and i was like hey everybody at the table are you guys gonna help me drink this and they're like of course we are not going to help yeah. you <laughs> so i ended up drinking all that black metal it wasn't that great I don't advise it. It was twenty four bucks, man. Come on, what? Twenty four bucks for a beer? Look at you, eh? You fucking high roller. That's right. That's how I do.
0: Drinking twenty four dollar bottles. But you know what? The Canadian dollar. That's like a thirty eight dollar bottle it's of beer. Like a
1: paycheck. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's how they pay us up
1: here. Our money's is is it actually better now? Yeah. Oh yeah. In Canada, so if I go to Canada, I can be like rich instantly.
0: Yes. Sweet.
1: How do I get up there? How do I move to Canada?
0: And you just drive up. I keep seeing videos all the time yeah. of people
1: coming over the border and
0: people stopping <laughs> there. That's like Look, what the please, news likes to show Please <laughs> help us. Save us. Yeah, it's happening a lot, actually. Uh, JT. <laughs> <laughs> the only time our dollars, in my recollection, were ever comparable I thought it was pretty even. No, it, it was, like, at, like, 2006 and seven. Like, when I worked at the... I used to work at a bank, and when I did, it was, it was for not a long period of time. Because they would always show the exchange rates on the wall, because that's a big part of our money is always how it stacks to American money. And it was only during, like, I think it was, like, 2006, 2007... Where they they went to parity and I think at one point the Canadian dollar was worth like one cent or two cents more for like a week. But now it's uh it's back to where it used to be. So it's pretty much okay. I think for like a one American dollar you get like a dollar twenty five or dollar thirty Canadian. Nice. Yeah.
1: So does that mean that my twenty four dollar beers? $30 in Canada?
0: Your 24 dollar beer probably would have been like $32, $33 Canadian. Maybe more.
1: Yeah, oh, see, so it's just like it's a lose-lose thing, man.
0: Well, I think buying a bottle of beer for that much money is a lose anyways, isn't it? That's true. Especially if it's bad. Especially when it tastes yeah. like that. <laughs>
1: it's supposed to be a, like an imperial stout, like a 10% type of deal. That was probably like a good sign like not to buy it in the first place.
0: I, I just drink lagers. I'm not really like a beer connoisseur. And whenever... I dabble with the uh, 10%
1: beers. I'm more of an alcohol connoisseur.
0: Yeah. When it's with beer, it just it becomes really sort of bitter and it's gross. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But what do I know, right? See, I'm, I'm not a guy. I'm not really like a sampler. Like you're,
1: you're Canadian. You, you know everything about beer. Not really. There's like a whole movie about it. Yeah, <laughs> I've never seen that movie either.
0: What strange brew? Yeah, you want to make a list of all the movies? You know what? I'll go on IMDb let's and let's I'll sur- start a list. <laughs> I'll su- I'll surprise you with like the '80s. Mo- like considering this whole scene and all these people talking about '80s all the time, like there's a shit ton of '80s movies I haven't seen. Oh yeah, which uh, maybe I'll list periodically as we go. But listen, we got to start diving in to the Laserhawk Man.
1: What are we diving into?
0: We're going gonna—we're literally going to start from the beginning here, and we're going to dive in. Uh-oh. This is a very important retrospective. All right. Uh, because obviously it's cool that you're here on this very special show. You know, I've been bugging you to be on it for a while. You're actually the only one I bug. Really? Everyone else I stop bugging. Mitch Murder,
1: I bug sometimes. How's that working out? <laughs> <laughs> Seems like you'd be all over that. Come on. Come on, Mitch. Do this. Yeah, I don't know. Do it.
0: Maybe, uh, maybe I can convince him to, uh, one of these days, but, but I have a similar relationship where like, there's these people who, you know, they go like, Oh, have them on the show. And I meanwhile I'm having like a, a simultaneous, like friendly chat on Facebook, but then like the show part doesn't really happen.
1: Yeah. That's sort of like what we've been doing for, for a while. Yeah.
0: Well, like three and years.
1: And I am <laughs> nights, right? That was like a thing. We used to just like enjoy like teasing you to be on your show. I think <laughs> hours of amusement.
0: Yeah, well, we all had a good time.
1: I think we still do.
0: Well, it's all good. I mean, well, obviously, like, uh, Mr. Glover's loosened up on the idea, because he's been on a few times. And... Oh, he's been on a few
1: times? What? Where was I?
0: Well, he he also did the uh, Christmas episode this year. Oh, nice. It was a very special occasion. Anyways, listen, we're going to listen to some fucking music, all right? Do it. Because that's what push this the, is all about. Push the buttons. So we're going back in time to Before Drive which is exciting because there's very few artists uh, in this scene who were there before it was a scene. And before the movie Drive, you were one of them, of course. And uh, the music of Laserhawk is awesome. And this was from the album Redline from early 2010. And this is the titular Redline track by Laserhawk. That was Redline by Laserhawk, and I'm here with Laserhawk so right now. It's a good track. Uh, you <laughs> came, you came out of the gate making uh, cool music. Yeah, thanks. I tried. So the real question is, or just the question is, obviously, you guys didn't have drive as a thing to be the instigator
1: so like why uh like why were you making music i don't remember what year it was it was probably like early 2000s and i used to do some electronic music when i was in school i'd stop doing that and i got back to sacramento where i was living where i'm from and i heard kano on college radio Mm -hmm. and i was way into that and I like busted out my software, started recreating Kano, tried to recreate the vocoder tracks. Then I just sort of put that away for years, moved to Austin and saw a bunch of live music. And I was like, I want to do some music, sure. But you need, you know, other people to do most types of music. So I kind of started doing the same crappy electronic music I used to do. And then I remembered, like, oh, wait, that you Kano I was trying to do and figure out how to do, that was kind of fun. So I started doing that again. And I think it was like, um, Bogdan Bulgari, right? Urka kirk Bogdan <laughs> Urka kirk How do you say that? I no idea. It's complicated. <laughs> There's this guy, he's awesome. Valiant effort. There's Bulgari, right? i don't even Bulgari. Like, the watch or whatever the hell that is? (laughs) What do those guys make? Jewelry? (laughs) You know what I'm talking about. No, I don't. That's why I'm laughing. It's (laughs) awesome.
0: So, you said you were making music for school? Like, did you do, like, a creative school? Or was that just your hobby at the time?
1: No, it was... um, I went to this place called Expression Center for New Media. And I had uh, in my mind that I was going to do, like, studio recording or like live music recording sound engineering and when i signed up for that school there was a guy who was i guess like a counselor and he was like you're not gonna make it <laughs> and i was like i'm i'm kind of i'm like here to like sign up for this school he's like just for, just just know this like your your entire life is you're gonna make no money and that you it's gonna be terrible you're not gonna get a job that guy sounds <laughs> awesome And I was like, that's a hell of a sales pitch, you know? (laughs) And like, so I left and I was like, well, shit, I guess I'm not going to do that, man. And some reason I came back and like that guy was fired. So I was like, screw that guy. He's wrong. Mm. But he he was kind of right. So I never used any of it. I I tried to get a job in the Bay Area. I couldn't because like most people with studios... are like, you know, this is, like, my thing. It's I maybe have myself and one other guy that, like, own and operate this place, and we don't have time for some kid that wants to learn this. Sure. So I moved back to Sacramento and just sort of gave up there, too. It was the same thing. It's like I couldn't find... I was like, hey, I will come. I will work for free. Like, just let me see what this is about, and I just could not find anyone to let me do it. Right. But... It did come in handy eventually, right? Because, like, I can apply some of the stuff I learned, I guess. Every time I hear anyone talk
0: about Kano, I just think immediately of, like, Mortal Kombat Kano.
1: Yeah, there is that Kano.
0: He has a metal plate in the side of his head with an eye that shoots, like, a laser.
1: Right. What's his finishing move, though? He, uh, heart rip. Remember.
0: He does the heart rip. Oh, right, right. And then in the censored Super Nintendo version... He still sticks his hand into the guy's chest but pulls out like a shoe or something. It's like this kind of weird blue blob. And I I don't know how that was necessarily a censorship because I guess since it wasn't bleeding That's like <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's like, oh, he just pulled out a shoe from his
0: chest. Yeah, I don't know. To, so, this, to this day, blue I, shoe. <laughs> I don't know what it's meant to be, if it's supposed to be a kidney or something. It's like something that you can lose, you know? like something
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: of. So it's not a fatality, technically. You're like, it's fine, it's fine, he's gonna get over that. <laughs> couple of surgeries he'll be okay and like a transplant it's his tonsils yeah (laughs) (laughs) out of his
0: stomach his
1: Um, appendix was removed (laughs) so when
0: you went into school then when you're saying that you want to do like kind of studio work would that mean like you want to be like a mixer or producer kind of thing or was the dream to make music
1: um it wasn't it was to just be involved in making music really because at one point I wanted to do the whole composition track in school like music uh theory and all that good stuff sure and i was like yeah that's the end game for me is to like teach i guess or compose and so i was like that's not gonna happen either and i wanted to be involved in music well i can do this and be like the blue collar music producer recording <laughs> guy and then that Damn, guidance counselor was right the whole time,
0: Andy. Yeah, when I when I grow up, uh, my dream is to be that guy, the guy that like sits in front of a school and tells people they're not going to make it. Yeah. That guy sounds wicked. I could be that guy. <laughs> you suck, kid. Never going to be anything. Save your cash. Well, listen, that guy was wrong, and we're going to listen to some cool music right now. This is another track from Redline. This was Electric
1: Groove by Laserhawk. Nice. Nice.
0: Electric Groove by Laserhawk, and I'm here with Laserhawk right now.
1: Oh man, that was a good one.
0: Now, talk to me about Electric <laughs> Groove. It's got some catchy vocals in
1: there. Yes, those are my vocals. So, you don't do that very often. I mean, isn't that the last time you did that? Yeah, that, that was like the first time and the last time, I, I feel like. I mean, So Far Away has my vocals on it too, but it's got three words. Right. So I only have to hear myself say three different words, so it's yeah. okay, I guess. <laughs> the weird thing is, like, I don't I don't even know why I did that. It's, like, um, I, it's sort of a necessity, I guess, right? Like, I wanted some vocals and didn't have anyone to do it, so I was like, I guess, like, that leaves it up to me. Yeah. I'm doing it. And then I have to, like, hear myself over and over. Yeah. <laughs> but the, like, mixing and mastering process is probably what really sealed the deal for me like not doing a lot more lyrics ever because it's like i have to hear myself over and over and i'm like i can hear (laughs) like every problem with my voice or with tone or pitch and i'm just like I, i can't deal with that anymore so it's like people that hear themselves on like a message recording or something, and they're just like, "Oh, that's the way I sound." Like, yeah. terrible. <laughs> it sounds good though. I mean, like it's a catchy thing, it gets stuck in my head. Uh, Thank you.
0: On an electric groove. <laughs> anyway. anyway. That's me singing it back to you.
1: That was amazing. Yep. <laughs> You're going to have to, like, hear that over and over now when you listen to this.
0: Oh, I'm used to that. Okay. Listening to my own yeah. voice. See, when you talk about that experience of people who have to hear their voices on their answering machine, when I do it, I just sit there and... You're like, ooh. <laughs> get, a, get a boner. Because <laughs> I just love the sound of my own voice.
1: <laughs> and now another recording for me to listen to later. Yeah. <laughs> this is Andy. I've got a boner.
0: What I usually do is I, um... I pretend to be a robot on my answering machine, so I'll do, like, an automated recording that's like, if you have a message for... And they'll be four, one, six. four, one, six, seven... Well, well, I was about to give my real number there. Uh, anyway, I do... I do. <laughs> anyway, I have an actual five, phone five, number. five, yeah, yeah. five, five, yeah, five, five. Yeah, so if I was going to make up a number, you know, like, just, say, yeah. If you have a message for andy last and i'll like say it like away from the microphone so it's like i pre-recorded yeah. the thing because i'm an idiot and i uh. waste a lot of time doing a lot of dumb things hey talk to me about how you met miami Knights 1984 oh yeah michael glover because obviously you guys engaged in a uh, in a very um special
1: partnership of sorts so this is back in the myspace days like 2008, maybe. Seeing what other people were doing on MySpace is definitely part of what got me started. I think that there were people on MySpace that were taking Italo Disco tracks and groups and creating a profile for them on MySpace. Right. So I think one of the first pages I found was like Cyber People, maybe. You know, it's like they have like their friends listed. So it's like, oh, hey, what's this? I think that's how I found Kavinsky, and then maybe Actraiser, and I Power Glove, and so I just started like cruising around on MySpace, like looking through other people's friends and like finding this good music. And so I was like, you know, uh, I want to make music, so I'll start myself a MySpace page. What what kind of name can I come up with for myself? And Laserhawk. It's just something that's stuck around, I guess. I think I was at lunch with a couple of friends and I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start making some music, and this is kind of like the music, and let me show you an example. And it's real 80s. It's got an 80s vibe to it. So, let's come up with some names. And for some reason, I was like, the first name I came up with was Laserhawk, and they came up with like a million other names, and I was like, that's shit, shit, yeah. shit, <laughs> shit, shit, <laughs> I'm making an executive decision here, guys. We're going with Laserhug. Yeah. <laughs> then I started putting out tracks and i don't know if i messaged him i must have messaged him and asked him a question or something and uh yeah we just sort of started passing messages back and forth and hit it off and i'd show him the track i was working on he'd show me a track he was working on and we'd bounce ideas back and forth and just a, a great weird online friendship it still is because he lives in canada yeah and i don't have a passport (laughs) <laughs> I'm lazy. Well, he lives in
0: a nice part of Canada, because uh, Victoria is, uh, he's over
1: there. That's what I've heard. He's like, you know, like, sending me a picture of what he's doing. I'm just like, that's beautiful, man. Like, the beach is amazing, or he's out in the woods, or camping, or something. So it looks amazing.
0: The only real flaw in that whole place, because that is like the nicest part of Canada, their weather can almost be, it's a completely different uh weather over there, but um, at one point, there will be a earthquake tsunami that just destroys that place.
1: Right. The, like, Cascadia subduction zone or whatever. And I feel like Victoria is gonna be one
0: of those places that just literally gets pulverized by, like, the first part of the wave.
1: Yeah. That's that's good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's to look forward to, at least, right?
0: Yeah, the only reason why I bring up the weather thing is because I always find that every place has its... There's always the flaw, right? So, like, here, there's no real tornadoes or crazy storms or anything, but obviously we've got the crazy winter, which causes the, you know, like, the roads to fucking crack and get destroyed. And then there's these other places that have, like, nice warm temperature where the roads don't have to be upkept, like, every year, but then they have to have, like, tornado-proof windows and shit.
1: Yeah, like, Austin... It's probably the coolest city, like, weather-wise in Texas, maybe. There's, like, a hill country that surrounds Austin. It's cool-ish. But it's it's Texas, man. Like, it's gonna be, like, 85-plus forever. Yeah. And, like, there'll be, like, a month or two where it's, like, every day is pretty much guaranteed to be 100. And the humidity is just, like, jacked. So you like walk outside and you're just like, I want to walk inside. (laughs) Like I've seen videos of really lazy people like that get into their car or truck in their garage, open the garage door to pull out to the mailbox and then go drive back into their garage (laughs) because they're, they're just like, if I step outside, I might just die. Yeah. Like, because there's no AC outside. There's not a big enough AC for that.
0: They just put their pedal to the metal. Ooh! <laughs> which is my segue.
1: That's an excellent segue.
0: To uh, this was like a heavier track from the album Redline. This one's cool, and we're gonna we're gonna listen to it, man. This is pedal to the metal by Laserhawk. laser hawk with the track pedal to the metal Now i'm here with laser hawk right now talking about putting pedal to the metal and getting the mail in the comfortable confines of a car with ac because the weather right. in texas is very hot what was your uh, motivation to move to austin then just because it's like a cool place
1: well it's definitely got one over on sacramento which is not a cool place
0: what is the vibe of Sacramento? I don't know anything about that place. It's got the word sack in it. That's all I know.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much all I need to know. <laughs> it's not like sack in a good way, either. <laughs> <laughs> what would the good way be? There's good things that come in sacks, man. Come on. <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, Santa Claus! I fucking completely forgot about Santa Claus. Right? I was giggling because of testicles, but then I completely forgot that Santa Claus
1: carries his presents in a sack. Yeah, that's that's more like Sacramento. It's more the <laughs> testicle variety of sack. <laughs> but every time I go back to Sacramento, it's like, hey, what? Remember that place? Oh, it's closed. Oh, that sucks. Like, what replaced it? Nothing. Right. Okay. Well, uh, what's going on in Sacramento? Like, people are stealing power lines for money. Hmm. <laughs> it's like the copper oh yeah
0: no that goes on everywhere the f- copper
1: wire yeah, yeah classic just it's nothing happens there it's just stagnant mm-hmm. it's depressing to go back there and it's like
2: oh, sacramento
1: the austin's at least you got like your live music Your extremely hot weather that's a constant chore to be in yeah <laughs> But, I mean, there's, like, bars downtown. Like, I, I like that Austin has, like, an entire street, like, dedicated to drinking. Let's just get it all out of the way in this nice little area. is neat. Uh, it's called 6th Street. It's it's cool. That's where all the, the live music's happening. It's it's a fun place. And then it's the rest of Texas.
0: Right. So that's my question, because, like, I always find Austin very fascinating. Like, I don't know much about the States, really. But my geography's shit. But I understand that weirdness about Austin being, like, this this place that's like this artist community and you know all these like you know music and comedy and all this stuff that goes on there but then it, right. that it's in Texas
1: right so do you feel that there's like some weird th- stuff that goes down in Texas man like uh, there's a uh,
2: fuck what's that place called
1: oh man I just blew it I blew it Andy <laughs> I just had a, a mind sack Kano Fuckin Kano there's a place in Texas god damn it's gonna bother me now it's a super small town in the middle of nowhere. If you type if you type in there's a town in Texas, it's going to pull up what you want. I'm going to type in like Texas. Just type in Alexis, Texas. Marfa. Marfa. <laughs> <laughs> I've been in this place, Marfa. It's it's like a super super small town. It's like the nothing that sucks about Texas, you can't leave Texas. <laughs> if you live in Austin, it's like, it, do you want to drive like four or five hours this way, or four or five hours this way, or four or five hours this way? You can't. You can't escape. Does Austin have an airport? It, do, it does. That costs money, though. You know. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh, I'm just wondering. So, like, for the people who come to Austin, they just they fly in and they go directly into the village. Oh, yeah. The, the, and the people that there. come
1: to Austin, and they're like, you know, big ball and. We've got the Formula One track here now. Mm. So you get, like, you know, super rich folk that just come for the, like, Formula One race and spend money, I guess. Just, like, buy a hotel or something. <laughs> Those things that rich people do? Just throw it away when they're done, you know? God, I would be the best rich person. I don't know about you.
0: I think I would be pretty cool because, like, uh, I have lots of fun ideas. Exactly. Like, one thing I want to do for sure is I want to... D- I want to build, like, uh, a mansion that has all those cheesy
1: secrets that, like,
0: you see in movies and stuff.
1: Like a secret door, like you push push the, like, bookcase just right. Yeah, exactly. Whatever.
0: The bookshelf that fucking spins. I want to have the trapdoor staircase so when people are coming to get you, you pull the lever at the top and it fucking turns into a slide. Ooh. I want to have the painting with the eye holes so you can watch <laughs> ladies undress. Oh. oh, oh. I, I told Ooh. you I'd be a
1: really cool rich guy. Racy. <laughs> You're not only a cool, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> rich guy. You're kind of creepy a little bit.
0: <laughs> Maybe you and I have different interpretations of what "cool" means. Yeah. But to me, it means. Well, technically, you don't need to be rich to do that, though. Like you're always seeing stories on the news of people with fucking like webcams, like stuck in holes in the ceilings and like filming their tenants and shit. Right. And uh, if you read one of those stories, you would have seen my name. And you could do it, you know, for a lot less money. Yeah, exactly. So really we can yeah. live our dreams now is what I'm saying. We have the
1: technology. Yeah. <laughs> to spy on people. <laughs> yeah. We're all rich and be like super creepy.
0: But in all seriousness, I would build a trapdoor staircase, a rotating bookshelf, and um what else? Oh, a house connected by those like McDonald's play tube things, like you know like the slides. Oh, nice. You buy two houses yeah. next to each other and then the one is like the top and like a
1: weird like hamster tube.
0: Yeah and you can slide down and some sort of underground thing like when i was a kid you know and i'd like uh, you know fantasize with my buddies it wouldn't it be cool if we had this you know when we were children and the idea of like having like an underground network of tunnels that you drove go-karts in and there'd be like doors you could go to your buddy's house like underground
1: oh man this is an excellent idea yeah man see you'd be an amazing rich guy that coupled with <laughs> me creepily spying on people well, yeah. through paintings. Well, I mean, you got to have hobbies, right? But how...
0: You know how funny it would fucking be if you went to somebody's house and they just did it as a joke. Like, the painting's just in the main room. It's not in a bedroom or anything. Right, right. And then the dude is literally behind the painting and making it very clear that his eyes are moving, like, in the painting.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, like, it's good. <laughs> Those paintings always have, like, eyes that are part of the painting and then, like, you have to, like, you know move them out of the way and replace them with your own eyes yeah and like no one seems to notice that
0: yeah but i think it's, i would yeah <laughs> it'd be so fucking be like, funny what the,
1: what the fuck is wrong with that painting <laughs> <laughs> Why are the
0: eyes so realistic? I don't know. Like, the way my brain works, that's why I think it'd be fun to to be rich is because I always just think of ways that would be like, wouldn't this be a really funny idea that, like, two people would find funny? Like, I also want to open up stores that clearly don't do proper business. You know, like, where you, you pay all the money to open up a store in the mall and, like, there's, like one pencil in there and the rest of the store is like some <laughs> weird like papier-mâché recreation of like World War One, and like just no one understands what the store is it's just this weird like what is this place like there's all these mannequins and like war gear and like the only thing for sale is like a single pencil yeah and i'd be if you were rich like that's what i would do i would just do like these weird ideas it's that would weird
1: do- shit that, that's what i'm talking about
0: i'd laugh and like one person would get the joke and i'd be like i literally just leased a store in the mall for like 120 thousand dollars a year for this joke that is not very funny that i get yeah <laughs> And even halfway through the building, I'd be like, holy fuck, I'm bored of
1: this. Maybe, maybe like, other rich people would be like, that is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> Wasting that much money.
0: Yeah, that's it. That's You're the only so thing. rich. <laughs> My whole clientele is just dudes with, like, fucking monocles and, like, little cups of caviar. <laughs> like The Monopoly guy. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Monopoly, man. Does that guy have a name? His name is Mr. Monopoly. Oh. Yeah. He doesn't have a first name? That's a good question. Type that into Google. We'll find out. (laughs) Along with fucking Marfa Tex. Wait, you didn't even say what that was weird about that town. Hold on. We're going to listen to some Laserhawk, but we're going to move forward in time, and then we'll get back to that. This is the album Visitors from 2012. This album's awesome. This was one of the first five Synthwave albums I bought when I first discovered the scene. So this is a cool track. This is Visitors by Laserhawk. That was Visitors by Laserhawk from the Visitors album. And I'm talking to Laserhawk right now. So what I dig about you, man, is that every time you put out something, you kind of tweak your sound a bit. Like you haven't really released anything yet that's sort of like, hey, that just like sounds like the last album, yeah. which would be fine because all the stuff you make is great. But this was definitely your take on sort of more like spacey kind of synth stuff, even disco-y in places. What was sort of inspiring that sound
1: in you? Oh man, there's a really terrible story behind it. Really. <laughs> I love terrible stories. So, were you eating apples again, yeah. <laughs> son of a bitch? Tempting I was like, me with those delicious apple sounds. I'm eating
0: apples, and I just realized that if, for people who don't know, I'm eating apples. I'm just going to sound like I just got brain damage all of a sudden because you're like, yeah. I like terrible oh, stories. Not come in. I'm just like, I don't care. About
1: so visitors, uh, I was done with Redline, and like whenever I do an album, I, I kind of feel like I have an idea what I'm gonna do. Redline was like, hey, '80s stuff, neon stuff, Miami Vice, you know, supercars from the '80s. Got your Ferrari Testarossa, mm. got your Lamborghinis, <laughs> right? I like this All list. The cool stuff from the '80s, right? And then I was done, and when I'm when I'm doing that. I make a bunch of tracks that are based around some sort of idea until I'm just like, I don't think I could make another one of those tracks again. I don't even know what it would sound like. So I need to come up with a new idea. And hopefully by that point, I have enough music to release an album. Sure. And I saw this video on YouTube and it was like, I can't remember where, somewhere in in Europe where it was a missile test, right? Okay. And I think it was, like, Norway, maybe. And this guy's, like, filming this thing that's happening. And it's a missile, and something's wrong with it. And it's just, it goes up into the air. You don't get to see that part of it. All you see is, like, he starts recording a missile that's basically just spiraling out of control. I don't know if this is, like, the fuel or the contrail or whatever the hell that is that comes out of missiles. Missile dust right? <laughs> missile dust, that It's creating cool. this giant like vortex of like just a different color on the night sky and it looks like this thing is like opening up right? And it's sort of like this weird spiral that's coming down from the sky and then like the missile runs out of fuel and the whole thing like just dissipates into like this big like black circle and I was like okay well that's like creepy UFO stuff mm-hmm. and now I'm going to make Visitors. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> the first track that I made after watching that video was Visitors.
0: Definitely, like, there's that, that theme running through the whole album, right? Like, you got those kind right. of uh, sort of, like, radio signal-like interstitials that happen uh, yeah, yeah. periodically through it, so.
1: Yeah, so, I mean, it turned into a different idea, but that was, like, what started the whole space theme. Right. Creepy, weird, missile test gone wrong. <laughs>
0: Yeah, see, I usually just watch cat videos, but then... That works. For some reason, all, all the stuff, uh, y- you know, like, when you're on YouTube and they tell you, like, you might like this at right. uh, the side? They keep pawning videos off of me that I'm just like, is someone paying, like, for those videos to be there? They must be, right? Because, like, half the time, you, I can be watching anything and it'll be conspiracy shit on the side. And I'm like, I didn't ask for that. But it's just there. A lot of times, it's like you might
1: like this laser hug video. Oh, for you? Yeah, like, <laughs> <"Well>, probably not. <laughs> not necessarily. I mean, I've heard that one before.
0: So, talk about these are my great fucking segues here. Well, you still have your fucking MySpace page, don't you?
1: I guess. I mean, do those things go away ever? I thought MySpace was like dead, and then like it tried to like come back as a as a music site right for bands and then they were like oh hey we we we, uh kind of moved on myspace like you aren't a thing anymore and so there's probably some guy like trying to like figure out how to make a profit from myspace still well
0: because the pages are still up and i do recall people saying like i feel like in the last few years like that like there's this idea that myspace is still like a cool place for creators to be but i don't know anyone who actively does anything with their myspace (sighs) page
1: i don't either You've got to follow, you know, the popular site to go to. Like, I left MySpace and basically went to SoundCloud. Mm -hmm. I think SoundCloud is just like more of what I wanted anyway. Sure, because MySpace was just it got to the point where you like could not like use MySpace. No one could use MySpace because it was being like spammed constantly. Right. I really eventually just wanted, you know, people to find my music somewhere on the internet. So yeah. SoundCloud works for me. Works for me, man. SoundCloud, it works for me. <laughs> Although everyone's always mad at SoundCloud. That all one's the time. that one's for free. SoundCloud. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is Laserhawk. Yeah. <laughs> SoundCloud, it works for me.
0: <laughs> let's uh,
1: let's listen to some more it's music. Radio voice.
0: This is <laughs> we can it's just keep... creepy too.
1: <laughs> we can keep doing that. It could be like my rich guy creepy voice too. I look through paintings in the women's restroom. Let's listen to some Laserhawk right now. Well, I'll do one of those paintings where, like,
0: there's a slide for my eyes, but there's also, like, a slide for my wiener.
1: So, wait, wait, wait. What does the painting look? Like when your wiener is not slid through it, well, that's, so. <laughs> that's
0: the joke. If it's a proper painting of like Napoleon or something, and then like with the, with the eye holes, but then like he's got pants, but it's then like when you, his horse. But then when you slide the pants away, it slides like a whole section that's like the shape of like boxer briefs. Ooh. So like you, it's not just the dink through the hole. Like it's like oh. the whole sort of like waist part of the leg, like above the knee.
1: I, I have a feeling somebody's gonna notice this. When they're, when they're like- <laughs> It's way more obvious than the eyes thing. <laughs> that's the
0: joke. Um. Oh, damn. Anyway, that's a that terrible segue to your track Disco Planet, which is uh, my favorite track on the album. Funny enough,
1: it happens to be about creepy paintings.
0: Sweet. Well, then it all worked out. I just said that in <laughs> haste because I also really do love the track Arrival, but we're going to listen to Disco Planet right now
2: by Laserhawk. <laughs> And I'm the devil. 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 And I'm the devil.
0: That was Disco Planet by Laserhawk, and I'm here with Laserhawk right now. That track is a lot of fun. I like that one.
1: Yeah, I like that one too. It makes
0: me happy, man. That's very it's like,
1: yeah. Listening to your own tracks a lot, it, you sort of like figure out like which tracks you actually like or not. Because I think I like all of them when I make them originally. I'm like, yeah, this is this is good stuff. Mm-hmm. And then after like the fiftieth time, I'm just like, this
2: is dog shit, God. <laughs>
1: But I still like that one, so it must be all right.
0: It must be all right. Yeah, and it's a cool track, man. It's a lot of fun. Hold on, I'm just—I got this fucking window open here. I'm trying to sell my old PlayStation 3, and I don't think anybody wants it. This is
1: <laughs> not much, man. I might this be interested. You want to—you want to use <laughs> PlayStation Slim? No, not really. I haven't had a console for in years.
0: No, I still do all that. I mean, I've got a PS4. Like, our PS3 for the past, like, three years has been a Netflix machine. And, uh, my first one died. See, because that's the thing. Everyone always had that huge thing about the Xbox ring of death and soldering wires to shit and stuff. And, uh... PlayStation 3's died a lot, too. I think everybody I know with a PlayStation 3's, theirs also died, but it was sort of less of a scandal than the, like, the Xbox uh, ring of death.
1: So there's some, like, clever propaganda created by Sony or something.
0: Yeah, I mean, they had their own problems. There was, like, when Sony yeah, got was hacked like, was a thing. Don't pay
1: attention to our problems. It's all Xbox's yeah. fault. <laughs> Why did you ever have, like, an Xbox? I did, and it did die on me, and I did buy, like, some sort of kit. I get to take it apart and put it back together with some new part that they added to it and then it worked and then it died again and then I got another one and it died and then I think I even got a third one I was I don't think I even used it as it was in the box I may have given it away it may be in my house somewhere I'm not sure (laughs) it was just there for spite yeah just staring at me
0: So you haven't, what, you you don't console game anymore? Are you an old man? What's happened?
1: I got old, man. Those console games are too complicated. (laughs) Kids these days, Andy. No, I just, uh... So another reason I started doing music because I was way into console gaming and gaming in general. Sure. And I was like, I'm wasting my life, man. (laughs) (laughs) Gotta stop this console gaming. No, but I was, I was like way into WoW. Sure. And that's not something that you ever want to have happen. Yeah, no, I understand. But, like, not as bad as it could be. It's not, like, so much an addiction that I forgot about, like, my kid and, like, just sat in a chair for, like, a week or something. <laughs> yeah, 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 no, for sure. Covered in pizza boxes and feces.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: I love the idea of being covered in shit, because that implies <laughs> just, then that you didn't just shit your pants, that so you had to actually, like, smear it on yourself just to show the world that, like, you're just such an animal. It just
1: piles up around you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I never got into um, too many, like, online things. Like, uh, I do yeah, play a lot of games. That's the worst. Now my son hogs the system most of the time, but I, I got, like, a Nintendo Switch, and so I've been playing a lot of Zelda. I got a chance to play that. It's good, man. It's a good game. I liked it, yeah. No, it's really good. What I love is, again, Nintendo has this thing where they can simplify stuff down to, like, the core gameplay elements, so even though i've played obviously other open world games and pretty much everything i play now is an open world game but nintendo found a way to like take all those elements so it's not like i'm doing anything new like yeah i'm crafting items and you know fighting and all and leveling up my guy but it's like simplified to the point where you just you just play the game you know you're not really like spending too much time in like menus and grids and looking at your stats like you just play it mm-hmm. so it's a it's just a really great game yeah a lot of the other games i play i find myself i'm just in the menu a lot of the time like just adjusting statistics and stuff
1: and you're like hey i gotta go look up the best build for this character class yeah yeah stuff like so that I invest works. my points correctly yeah <laughs> whatever Just like god man I'm, I'm just gonna sit down and enjoy this game and actually enjoy this game
0: this has been the first game i think in years that i've played that i've not been compelled to to go on the internet for answers.
1: Okay, So, so
0: far, like, the amount of hours I've put into this Zelda game, like, I've not once, like, gone on and been like, how do you defeat this boss or how do you do this puzzle? Like, for some reason, the game is just it's compelling me to just figure it out for myself and it's been years since i've done that yeah. it could also be the guilt of buying like a 500 dollars system just for one game that maybe subconsciously i'm tricking myself into like making sure i get the most out of it but um i don't think that's
1: the case that was 500 dollars canadian dollars yeah. okay All right.
0: <laughs> i knew that was <laughs> that's like that's what the silence is like what the fuck
1: you truly are rich. (laughs) No, I'm truly not rich. (laughs) You're like, "This, this, this console cost me a month's worth of food rations.
0: I've always lived below my means, and I always live as though I don't have any money. So I'm always selling things. On, like, uh, Craigslist, we have another website up here called Kijiji that's, like, Craigslist. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, anytime I'm I'm done with something, I'm selling it. Sometimes I'll sell things I'm not even quite done with because I just know in my heart that I'm going to be done with them.
1: That's good. I have a ton of crap that's, like, it probably was worth something at some point, and then I didn't sell it. Yeah, man, that's the... Sort of like the PlayStation 3. <laughs>
0: exactly, because right now I'm trying to sell this PlayStation 3, and I'm going to be lucky if I get like $40 yeah, for like, it. like, hey,
1: I'll come pick it up, but I want like 20 bucks for gas.
0: Yeah, they're going to make me pay. Eventually it's going to be like, yeah. I'll, like, I'll grab it from you, but you know... It's going to cost you, Andy. Yeah, it is going to cost me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is too bad. I mean, like, so there, there's a point. There's a cutoff where I'm like, well, I might as well just keep it as a Netflix machine. But, uh, you know, you know how it is reselling items.
1: That goes against your principles of selling items.
0: I know. Well, because that's the thing. Th- this awoke in me maybe a few years ago. Because before then, I liked the idea of having, like, a video game collection. And then there was just a point where I'm like, why am I doing this? Like, I mean, I, I prefer to play GoldenEye with an emulator. I don't need an N64 around. I don't need PlayStation 3 games. Right. I'm not going to play them, you know. Uh, it's nice to look at. I guess. If you like looking at boxes.
1: Plus, it's like, I I don't know, I was really into the, like, MAME arcade machine that I built. Yeah. And then I was like, oh, there's so many old games that I used to play in arcades. It's going to be awesome. And then I, like, played through them, and I was like, I I don't ever want to play that again.
0: (laughs) Well, I want to talk about more of
1: that, because I know... It's like 10 10 games, maybe, that I have, like, in a save menu, and that's it. Well, definitely,
0: that's something uh, I want to talk to you about anyways, because that's... uh, the arcade thing is—I have like an arcade stick or whatever. I don't have a machine.
2: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's cool. I didn't go all out. I mean, obviously, you went further because you have an actual fucking machine. Well, hold on. We're gonna listen to a track and then we're gonna talk about it because I know pinball and arcade machines, pinball more so, is a big part of your life, and uh, we gotta talk about that. Sounds good, right? Because you're like a, you're an award
1: winner. I am. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm like a, a trophy. <laughs> like, like, just and, and cash? <laughs> Take her in. I know you're very
0: uninterested in this, but we're we're going to talk about it because anyway, it's exciting. Because you're good at it, right? It's cool to talk to someone who's actually good at something.
1: Oh, it's something that I really enjoy for sure.
0: So we're gonna we're we're gonna listen to a track first. Uh, this was uh, an epic track which I really dug, called uh, "Arrival" off the Visitors album. That was Arrival by Laserhawk off the Visitor's album. That is an epic track. It's got a wicked build-up there. I like that build-up.
1: Thank you, thank you.
0: And when it all kicks in, that's uh, really cool. So, let's talk about pinball. Why? Uh, when did the pinball start? The, the fascination.
1: So, the uh, video craze, Dave Danzara, came to me and he was like, so I'm going to do this this documentary. It's going to be about these people that collect like classic arcade games and you know they have their own arcades in their house and I was like that's cool and then it sort of dawned on me that like oh wait I could do that myself. I have money. (laughs) I have a house. What am I waiting for? So I went out on Craigslist and got a Street Fighter 2 and I was like okay this is awesome. Street Fighter Two is one of my favorite games. I played it. It had a sound problem so I tried to fix it. I broke it. Nice. So maybe not the best idea but it was a good good effort a for effort and then i was like okay well i I could get another board that doesn't have this problem or i could throw a computer in it and have you know all the street fighters and hundreds of games or whatever sure so i put a lot of time into that and that was when i was like okay i've got you know hundreds of games to play and i don't really care for playing any of them But at the same time, you know, I had this thing in my mind, like, this is going to be a cool game room. I'm going to enjoy it, and my wife's going to enjoy it. And I was like, wait a minute. I don't think she really gives two shits about arcade games. (laughs) So. You've literally
0: described exactly what I want to do, by the way, and I know it's going to (laughs) play out exactly the same.
1: (laughs) For some reason, I was like, I think that she would like pinball more than arcades, And it's kind of cool. Like, I was not into pinball at all. My uncle had a machine in his apartment. I played when I was younger, and that's really all I knew about it. And I just thought, you know, like, she would like that more. This is a totally stupid idea. Mm. But (laughs) that's, that's the reason why I got it. Yeah. And then, you know, it was like, oh, it's broken. I have to figure out how to fix it. And I did. And I was like, I'm the man now. <laughs> You're <older> all <laughs> the man now, dog. Now I've got to play this thing. I've I've, in, I've invested all this time in fixing this thing. i got to play it. Yeah. So I started playing and it was like, there was so much more than I remembered because it had like rules and jackpots and multiples and just there's ways to play it that are better than others. There's, like, techniques that you can use that you can learn to get better at. So, it was, like... And it's also, like, really random at times. Mm -hmm. So, I was just like, this is fun. I like this. And I just stopped playing the arcade game, like, altogether. And it's in the garage. It hasn't been plugged in in, like, years. (laughs)
0: Can you k- explain something to me? I, I mean, I was researching people who build arcade machines, and I was always curious about the idea. It might still be a project I do myself down the line to to build a machine, but, you know, like with an LCD screen, like I wouldn't actually like, yeah. get an old arcade unit. W- what is the what is a joust machine? Like, I don't understand. I see that word where people be
1: like, oh, it's a joust machine. Well, you know, like the joust arcade game, right? Right. So the one that I have, it was the Street Fighter 2, but... When they used to like operate arcade machines in the mall or whatever, you you would buy like a game, and maybe it's a Pac-Man, maybe it's a Joust. Sure. And then eventually, it's like, oh, it's been a couple years. Nobody's really putting money into this Joust game anymore, so I'm gonna turn it into something else. So they would put maybe a different Williams board in it or sure, right, you right. Know, Capcom board in it. So mine, I know for sure, was a Tetris at some point because it has like super terrible, like, Tetris, like, start screen, like, burned into it, like, permanently. No. <laughs> so, you know, it, it was a Tetris at some point, and then it was a Street Fighter 2, and then I bought it, and then I was like, you know, I'm gonna, like, do this thing upright because it's gonna go in my super cool game room, mm. and I started, like, sanding the sides off because it was just painted black, and it was like, oh, wait, there's something under here, and it was, like, the original Joust paint. Right. So I re-stenciled it with Joust Now it's the Joust Cade,
0: right? Because that's so weird. Because I've I've seen. I mean, I I remember. I think I saw you talk about it, but I've also seen that reference before in other people. So I had this weird idea that like there was something different about a Joust for some reason. Like I didn't know it was just as simple as just that was just the game that it was the original case or what was originally in there. Like for some reason I was like, do they put the buttons in a different place on a Joust machine or something? But
1: I think the Joust joysticks are left and right only, right? So they're, like, two-way, maybe? You, like, push the button to, like, make your little ostrich or whatever the hell that thing is, like, fly, right? (laughs) And then you've got left or right, and that's it. And that's, like, those those are the control panel layout. So by the time I got mine, it was like somebody had already, like, you know, got rid of all that crap and put, you know, six buttons and a joystick for Street Fighter.
0: Right, okay, yeah, yeah. Have you ever been on the website that shows people who's like, their fails at doing their own home arcade machines? No. It is the funniest fucking thing you'll ever see, man. Like, <laughs> just... The most bizarre button placement. Just like, just, I'm so
1: proud of this thing. oh uh,
0: they're amazing. Like, as a guy who's like, I'm, I'm a like a layman to the idea of of building an arcade machine, and I know if I tried, it would be terrible. But these people have built these things that are just hilarious to look at. Like, just weird buttons all over the place, and like, no, it's just so fucking funny. Oh yeah, yeah. I, this, I was just reminded of this, because just um, from the album Visitors, the track Shoulder of Orion, Right. it reminds me of, there was this cartoon, I think in the 80s, called Pole Position.
1: Oh, you, I know exactly what you're talking about, too. And I found out about Pole Position and that song, like, I don't know if it was after or before. And like at this point, it, like the album's out, and I'm like, oh hey, ActRaiser, by Amy Nice. Uh, do you think that sounds like that? And he's yeah. like, yes, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's too late,
0: man. Fuck. But it, but it's not the whole track. Like it's just literally this like nananananana. I mean, like that's yeah. not oh, a yeah. thing that you know. If you had like a line come in, we're just like pull position.
1: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. <laughs> <Red line>. <laughs> <laughs> That's totally different, man. It says red line, not pole position. Yeah, it's
0: funny when that happens. I mean, like, because uh, I've played some tracks on the show by by different artists, and sometimes I'll see, like, the comments uh, after the episode's post and be like, oh, someone really likes Turbo Killer or something, and then, like, I didn't even hear it, and then the second someone makes the comment, I'll listen like, oh, wow, this is, like, <laughs> like this. Yeah. There's a few, there's a lot of um, people who sort of aped um, Kavinsky's Nightcall track, right? I've heard a bunch of synthwave artists that do songs that's less like this. Kind of sounds like Nightcall, like right. down to you know the tempo and everything. And
1: no one's gonna admit to that for sure. No. <laughs> I don't know. Like everyone's got like a, a total hate on for Kavinsky. It's weird. You go into a forum, it's like fuck Kavinsky, man. Like what's wrong with
0: that guy? He's cool. Why? That's the thing. I mean, especially with um, the synthwave scene where you know you don't have to be that big to be big you know like the more popular so I mean like you're one of those people now you know you've been for a while you and Miami Nights and Perturbator and those people who you know where there's this goodwill at the start <laughs> uh, for people who start and then when they become like too more popular now you like Laserhawk are one of the people who people will like tag in a post with criticisms about like the album and stuff. It's all, it's all good. I don't know what people are expecting or their expectations but like I said before with your stuff I love that every time you come up with a new album it's a different sound and it's always really well produced awesome music it makes me happy but there's always people who are just like oh it doesn't sound like the uh, last one and like okay right like what are you supposed you can't fucking you know my point is that you know artists who have less of a following they sort of fall under the radar but you sort of know you've made it when you can be uh, openly critiqued
1: i'll say oh yeah yeah that's that's a good point i i don't care yeah. <laughs> totally lost on me. I'm gonna. I will actually do whatever I want, no matter what anyone says. So, thank you, Jack Williams, nineteen eleven <laughs> underscore. <laughs>
0: We're gonna move uh, forward in time. Forward. That's right. Okay. To Skull and Shark. Right. And this was a cool fucking album. We're gonna listen to this track because it was cool. It's called Lawless
2: by Laserhawk.
0: was lawless by Laserhawk from skull and shark and i love that baseline uh again just as we're going into the track talking about sort of switching styles up and this one was kind of more of a kind of almost like a horror album in places there was like some dark stuff going on and these cool
1: uh it was just a cool album i like it i don't know (laughs) yeah it's well it's based on the you know skull and shark comic book that's coming out like any day now that's not gonna happen i mean i think it's gonna happen (laughs) It's it is gonna happen, but it's I don't know when. Dave uh, Raposa is the artist, so it started out where he's like, "Hey man, like I got this comic book idea, and I want to do sort of like a promo thing. Can you make just like one track for it, just for you know this promo video on YouTube, whatever?" And I was like, "Well, you know, let me see the artwork," and I was like, "This is awesome, super good artwork, right?" And it's dark and it's gruesome and I was like if you're going to do a comic book I want to do an entire album to it not just one and like he was really good at just you know kicking ideas back and forth and I'd make tracks and be like is this you know something along the lines of what we're looking at and it sort of fit into what I was working on already so it was just perfect like he'd fire off tracks that he liked and it'd be like something crazy like Wasp or some '80s hair band, mm-hmm. and it's like, okay, we'll we'll figure it out. It inspired me to do whatever I did for Skull and Shark. And some of those tracks are based on like you know themes in the comic book, storylines from the comic book. So I don't know much about the comic book. Like, what is the premise? There's a guy, and he's like a skeleton, and he has hair, sort of, and ears, <laughs> I think. <laughs> and like, he comes back to the city where he was murdered or something. And he has a partner who's kind of like a sh- half shark, half man, half like great white shark. Sure. So, I mean, that doesn't make any sense at all.
0: Well, it makes sense to me. It's very literal. You know, when you hear a, a title like Skull and Shark, it's almost like maybe it's like, <laughs> it's like a metaphor for something skull else. Skull like, and
1: no, a shark. <laughs> literal skull, skull and a literal shark, man. stuff in this <laughs> city. It's kind of like a Warriors, like the old 70s Warriors movie vibe to it so like the city's like made up of different gangs and some of the like songs like the, there's like a Chinatown song and there's uh, a Chinatown in the, in the comic book and everyone gathers to fight the big boss guy at the end and it's, it's gonna be good and he, he didn't he was working on it and I think he wanted to finish it but he had so many other commitments that he yeah. couldn't he is self employed he was a concept artist and it's like, I can work on my own stuff, or I can get paid like thousands of dollars to do a drawing. Right. So he worked on his Steve Lichman comic book, which he made a killing on Kickstarter. And I think the plan is now to like use that capital to invest in Skull and Shark. At least like be able to spend the time without worrying about money.
0: Right. Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: I think it's going to be awesome when it comes out. Well, that's cool. And will like breed some new life into the album sales. Yeah, and I have like a B-side album in the wings that I want to release with the comic book. Because originally it was like, he's going to work on the comic book. He's going to finish the comic book. I'm going to work on the album. The album's done. When is the comic book going to be ready? It's been a while since I released an album. Kind of have to release the album. Sorry. Right. And it is a good idea because still there's no comic book. But there will be a B side album at some point, and vinyl, hopefully.
0: Well, that'd be cool.
1: Are you into the vinyl thing?
0: I was never really—I don't now, but just because I don't have space to fucking put stuff, I just listen to MP3s. I don't even listen to flack. Yeah, you know, I just—I just like uh, high quality MP3s. But uh, vinyls are neat.
1: That's pretty much where I am too. It's just too much of a, like a hassle. Just there's like machinery involved, and yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> machines. Yeah, machines. What are you gonna do? Before you uh, couched
0: your uh, arcade machine, what were your favorite uh, games to play?
1: My favorite arcade is Robotron. Just it's like a simple. It's like eighty. I don't know four probably or something like that. Hmm. Are you familiar with Robotron? Have
0: I played? To be honest with you, I I almost exclusively play Brawlers. Okay. <laughs> like when when I'm going well, through the list,
1: this. Have, have you played Smash TV? Yes, yeah. Right, so it's like the Robotron is the precursor to Smash TV. Okay, okay. And whatever, like Total Carnage or something like that that they made after.
0: Yep, that sounds correct.
1: Yeah, but Robotron is just like one of those like old, brutally difficult games that for some reason I just can play over and over and over again. I don't get sick of it. Like with the brawlers, like I think they're fun, mm-hmm. right? Like Final Fight is fun, but see, this is going back to the main thing, it was like when I was a kid I had like X amount of quarters that I had to play with and when sure. you were done that's it. Now it's like I just push the start button add some more quarters, play forever beat this game and you're just like well I could, I guess play this for how many times I died or score or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I just, I'm just not interested in that.
0: It, for me it's simply a the social activity like I found you know, oh, yeah, when I yeah. when I was younger you know video games was the way I socialized with my buddies you know like when different generations would be like the hey well, let's go for coffee or whatever for me it was like let's play Goldeneye oh yeah you know and we'd sit on the couch and that's when we, we would chat and play Goldeneye and stuff so this is the same with me with the arcade games is I love the brawlers and especially now like I don't I don't like my fucking arcade controllers on the shelf right now but if I like go home see uh see old buddies from from back home you know you have a beer and you can get through a brawler and you usually about 35 40 minutes like they don't take long to beat so i find it's the perfect way to like play a video game with a buddy have beers and feel like you accomplished something because you will win the game because you have unlimited quarters right except for this one fucking game called oh, what the fuck was it called it, it was narc something not the original like the narc game was, or something cops uh, whenever you press start it goes like it's two cops it's two cops <laughs> and like It was a brawler, but at the end of the game, the boss made you make a choice where you had to answer a question, Mm -hmm. and then if you did it wrong, you died. Like, it was, like,
1: game over, and you, like, (laughs) fell out of a plane or something. What kind of questions are we talking about? (laughs) How many, many, like, answers are we talking about,
2: too?
0: (laughs) Well, it was just, it was a weird... Because I remember in, in Streets of Rage... There was a boss, I remember, like, you got to the last boss at the end, and he asked you a question. If you answered no, like, they'd send you back to level six. But this was a weirder situation. It was, like, game over. Like, if you didn't do this thing in time, it was either a question or you had to defuse a bomb by punching it, I imagine. And if oh. if, if you failed, then it was just, like, the game was done. And what the fuck was that game called? Jesus, because it was just I don't, all I remember is the "Esu hey, Cops" every time you, you know, some arcade games like <laughs> it makes a sound whenever you put a quarter in, right? So like, there's those really annoying ones where like when you have unlimited quarters and you can keep mashing the quarter button on the controller and it's just like
1: yeah, 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 and like just over yeah, and over again. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> there's some good sounds though. There's a
0: cool track called Massacre on this album. It's a great track. It's got some horror elements there, but it kind of weaves in a nice melody. And uh, and we're going to listen to it right now. Let's do it. And that was Massacre by Laserhawk, and I'm here with Laserhawk right now. Tell me about the trophies. Oh, uh, the trophies. You didn't post a picture of the new one, right? You've won actual like pinball tournaments because of your skill at pinball. Yeah. The other day, you sent me a link to this live stream of this pinball tournament you were in, and I actually watched it for a bit. <laughs> it was <literally> like, <laughs> I don't know why I was watching it.
1: <laughs> a lot of people don't get it, but... If you go onto, like, Twitch, you'll, you'll like, watch some guy playing, like, a single-player game, and there's, like, several thousand people watching it, that, I'm just like, I don't understand that either.
0: My son watches Minecraft videos. Right. This is when I feel like an old man. I know yeah, I've got gray hair and
1: stuff. He's building a mansion.
0: That's the one thing <laughs> I do not understand. Like, I watch game videos if the game's not out yet. Like, if I'm watching trailers right. or, like, you know, oh, that game looks cool. Oh, that's a neat feature. But the second the game comes out, why the fuck would I... Like, watching people play video games is the worst part of video games. Like, uh, So now there's this whole generation of kids who just watch unfunny people do walkthroughs and, like, act like they're funny. And, like, he's laughing at it. So I'm like, oh, no, like, is this going to fuck up his sense of humor? Like, he's going to grow up and think it's funny (laughs) to, like, not say funny. Yeah, he's just like... (laughs) Because it doesn't take much to, to impress some people, I guess. Because I've, I've watched a few, just, you know, like, you have to. Because everyone was like, oh, PewDiePie. And you go like, what the fuck is this? Like, why do people say this dumb word? I hate that word. Right. And then you go on YouTube and find out what it is and like, oh, it's, what? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, really? That yeah, like, guy's
1: making a living off of people watching him play games.
0: I don't get it. I fucking don't get it at all. But anyways, you. Well, so I, I was mean, watching- like,
1: there's that and then there's like if you say the same thing about pinball like there's a really small percentage of people that are like yeah i'm totally on board with that you know i want to watch people play pinball most people are like what the fuck is pinball and didn't that like die some time ago you know people actually (laughs) play that still yeah to me it seems more like i don't know like a bar game like darts or something or bowling or something that's uh, like a non-physical game that people play for cash uh, on ESPN or something Mm -hmm. like poker or something you know what I mean it's more than a video game but that's kind of like it's downfall too because it's a thing that breaks and then somebody has to fix it and a lot of the times people don't and that's pretty much what (laughs) killed it for me when I was a kid because it's like, hey, what's this thing? I'm going to put money in it, and like, what, shit doesn't even work right? Like, yeah. <laughs> And when you, you don't even know it's not working right, you're just like, this sucks. Right. So people walk up, and the thing's broken, it's not maintained, and that's what gives pinball, like, a bad reputation. It's hard to be someone that's like, hey, I'm going to run a, a barcade or whatever, I'm going to have pinball in it. It takes a, a certain kind of, like, sadistic person, masochist or something.
0: So when you guys are doing the tournaments, then like, are there are there machines like breaking all over the place? Oh yeah, yeah. So how does that work? Like, what if you're like having a great game, but then all of a sudden like
1: the fucking legs fall off? Yeah. It's it's happened to me. There's rulings if like something doesn't, <laughs> like a judge comes out like there's, there's a flag. Yeah, and there's shit. there's like a there's a tournament director usually that will come over and make a ruling. Like if. The game just cannot be played anymore. Then that game might be cut completely from the qualifying if it's been less than half of the time allotted for qualifying.
0: Is that to prevent people from like you're having a really shitty pinball game and then you, when no one's looking, you like sweep kick one of the legs and like break something off and be like,
1: "Oh, it broke. I guess I get to start again." That's that's pretty impossible, and you'd have to be an <laughs> enormous dick to pull that off. And you'd have to be like. You have to be like John Claude Van Dam or something to pull that off too. Those things are sturdy, man. There's something called a Death Save and like we have a group of guys in Austin and we call it the Death Save Disciples. Do you have robes? We don't, but we have shirts. It's it's pretty sad. Anyways, uh so <laughs> if if a ball is like draining down the right out lane on a lot of tables You can do this move called the death save, and it involves like moving the entire machine to the left and then to the right. So you're putting a lot of action on this game that like the designers did not intend for you to do, and they can just they just take a beating. I
0: thought pinball machines don't like that though, don't they? Go tilt, and there is a
1: tilt. There is a tilt, so you can tilt doing this, but a lot of times, you know, games on locations. The tilts may not even be installed. The tilt is a physical thing. It's like a pendulum okay, with a ring around it. So when the pendulum touches the ring, the game is either going to tilt or give you a danger that it's going to tilt if you keep doing that.
0: Do they make modern ones that have like gyroscopes in there? Like a-
1: They don't. I mean, someone might, but people that manufacture them are still using the classic tilt mechanism. Do you practice? That's something that I've thought about that. Do I practice? Yeah, like how does that work?
0: You go into these tournaments, like you're at home, is it just just that you play pinball all the time or do you actually like know when you're about to go to a tournament to be like, I'm going to beef up on draining balls?
1: Oh yeah, don't beef up on draining balls. (laughs) I I feel like that's probably the bad strategy. (laughs) Now like every game, it's got sort of maybe the ideal way to play it. And when you play tournaments, you, like, talk to other people that are playing in the tournament and, like, say, like, hey, man, like, did this work for you or whatever? And maybe they tell you or maybe they're an asshole and they don't tell you. Hold
0: on, hold on. So there are specific games in play. Like, so when you go to the tournament, do you specifically go there and go all weekend, I'm just going to play Adam's family
1: and that's my skill? So in this last tournament, there was 12 games. There was four newer games, four games from, like, the... Mid 80s to early 90s, and four games from like 1978 ish and later, right? But those 12 games are going to be there for the entire tournament. So you're going to play them during qualifying and you're going to play them during the finals. So if you can figure out online, like the best way to play this game is to do this, then you're going to increase your chances of playing or getting a higher score.
0: What does that mean? Like, if, if someone says, I'm going to play Adam's Family, what's the best way to play? Like, what does that mean? Like, are the tips, like, always hit the ball to the left-hand corner because that's where the most points are? It, it like,
1: might be, like, play for mansion rooms. It might be play for multi-ball. It might be play for bear kicks. Because, you know, like, during a tournament, they might see something like going for mansion rooms is an easy strategy. Right. And then they'll put, like, larger rubber posts that the game didn't come with. Around that shot to make that shot may be impossible or at least extremely difficult to force the player to do something else, and that's fine. Yeah, because like you, you're gonna play it as is. When the, when the tournament starts, the game is not gonna change, right? Unless there's like a something breaks. So if they want to nerf this scoop and make it harder to shoot, then that's the way that's the it is. <laughs> you gotta play it.
0: You gotta nerf this scoop.
1: <laughs> Find a different way to get points and do that instead
0: yeah oh that's interesting but at the end of the day to win the tournament
1: just is about points it's about yeah getting more points than someone else and
0: there's no stipulation of like well he got six hundred thousand points but he was playing this particular one the whole time
1: do they cycle you on different ones so yeah the during the qualifying you got your like however many games and there's different ways that tournaments are run but one of the most popular one is is like called herb style and i really don't understand why it's called herb but (laughs) it's also called pump and dump so you go up to a game you pay money to play it your score gets recorded and it's put against everyone else's score if you have the highest score out of everyone that's played that game then you will get 100 points Okay. And then if you have 100 on every game, you're going to be the top qualifier. So like during during the finals, it's like a bracket system, right? And you're beating the other players that are in your group. And usually the person that wins the game, you play three games. The person that wins the game gets four points. And then second is two points, third one point, fourth zero. Mm. And after three games, it's the two highest scores move on to the next round. Well, that's cool. It's, it's a very
0: interesting world. It's
1: different. Yeah. <laughs> and like so there's a tournament in Pittsburgh called Pinburg. That's pretty much how I learned to play so many games because there's like 300 games. And you don't know which game you're going to play, and you don't know who you're going to play against. It's totally random. So you're really only going to play like a handful of these 300 games. You know, when we started going to that tournament, it was like I have to know how to play 300 games. We went through did research on like hundreds, and hundreds of games. Made a like a cheat book that we That's brought awesome. with us, and we're like, okay, I'm playing whatever this game is, and this is how you beat it, and hopefully that works.
0: I love, I just, I just love when there's these little worlds, and then there's all this thought and all this uh, strategy that goes into like these very specific things. Like I love the idea of a oh, fucking yeah. pinball cheat book.
1: Yep, it's called the Pin Necronomicon too. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, we gotta like nerd it up a little. Yeah, man. It's panball after all.
0: <laughs> well, listen, we uh, we've been talking for a long time, but I do want to touch on your latest album for a little bit, anyways, because I really enjoyed it, Dream Rider, by Laserhawk, which is a fucking cool album. You went for sort of like kind of a mellower sound, yeah, uh, with this one, but there's some really nice tracks on here, and we're gonna listen to a cool song right now. This is, uh... Somnus! And that was Somnus by Laserhawk, and that's a cool track. Uh, this whole album had like a neat vibe to it. I dig it. What inspired the the vibe of this one?
1: If you go back to Redline, I had a lot of like fast-paced tracks, and then uh, Interstellar, right? That was sort of thrown in. It was kind of like a lower tempo more of a laid back vibe and then I did the same thing on visitors with like so far away to some extent I did it on skull and shark and then I had the uh cool breeze idea that was floating around on youtube so I, I just had it in my mind that I wanted to have like an entire album of tracks that were like that and just put them all into one place and it was something that I was interested in doing and I did it even though Jack Williams underscore nineteen eleven doesn't like it, <laughs> sorry Jack Williams. Is that an actual guy? No, it's sad because there I, there is a guy named Jack Williams that was like emailing me recently, and I just happened to like use his name oh, okay. <laughs> as a random like YouTube user. I'm sorry, Jack Williams. <laughs> He likes it though. The real Jack Williams loves it. Yeah, <laughs> just Jack Williams underscore nineteen eleven. Well, he sounds like a cool guy. Jack Williams, the real Jack Williams. Yeah, Jack Williams, the real Jack Williams is amazing. Yeah, he sounds cool to me, man.
0: I don't know if we actually really talked about it. I mean, obviously, we mentioned like when you you met uh, Mister Glover miami nights 1984 but like what was the decision who who prompted the the idea of forming the the rosso corsa collective
1: i don't know i think that we both saw like valerie and like college and their collective and then they had like the masters of the universe guy that was getting sued had like a compilation you know Mm. so we were like let's you know like i know you you know me we know mitch murder and like 80 stallone's cool we'll get him on board grab a couple of more guys and we're like oh let's just put out a compilation album that was my idea mike was like hey let's turn this into something more let's turn it into a label and i was like that's a terrible idea man are you crazy (laughs) (laughs) ain't nobody got time for that are you crazy but it it turned out turned out awesome So, what's the delineation of tasks, then, for you guys? So, he has set up Bresa Corsa in Canada as an official business entity, and I've not, because I'm pretty lazy like that. (laughs) Um, So, I do, do, like, most of, like, bookkeeping stuff, which I'm also lazy with. Sorry, Mitch. And, uh, (laughs) sorry, lost years. Your money is, like, in the electronic mail, maybe. Just send it to me. (laughs) But really we just wanted like one place to say like hey we like what you're doing come on board we've got some notoriety like hopefully that makes more people attracted to your music. Right. And then we've also got a guy that does like our publishing deals. His name's Richard Owen. He is mm. the man like he's the guy that you don't have at your label yeah (laughs) he's the reason because like all right i have music if somebody comes to me and they're like hey man like uh i'll give you like 100 bucks if you let me use that in my pepsi commercial i'd be like oh that's that's great that's like 100 bucks i didn't have Mm -hmm. before but rich is like no that's gonna cost you like $50,000. $50,000. Yeah. And <laughs> they're you, like, FC. what the hell? Are you fucking yeah. out of your mind? And they're like, well, what about like 10? And he's like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just got played by Rich Owen's son? <laughs> so,
0: how does the system work then? When you guys do sign new people to the label, is there like a, a process of voting? Like, do you all have to unanimously be like, yes, we all agree to this artist?
1: Yeah. Unless Mike's like, dude, this is happening. I'm like, Alright, sure, I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he like said like, Hey, this is happening before it he just does it. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like I'm just surprised one day. But yeah, yeah, yeah most yeah. of the time we do talk about it and discuss it in length in a really professional way. That's cool. You guys all seem very professional. It's one of the hallmarks of Rosa Corsa. We put the pro and professional. You all
0: go to the meeting there with like a suit and tie, like attend a Skype meeting, but you all uh, dress up for it?
1: No, it's it's more just like, hey man, what are you doing? Oh, uh, hey, what's up? Oh, uh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm thinking about this guy for the label. Cool. <laughs> I'll listen to it someday. Yeah. <laughs>
0: But basically then it's just it's the three of you that are in on that decision is there like another person or is that pretty much no that's that's pretty much it yeah well, that's cool man i mean it's it is one of the more uh, prestigious or prestigious do you say prestigious or prestigious over there
1: i i say both you know depending on my mood yeah
0: i'm like that with mario and mario depending on the context i'll say either one
1: like if you're talking about nintendo you're probably gonna say mario
0: it okay. depends. Really? It depends on the con Sometimes I say like I'll say Mario Kart, but I might say Super Mario World. Like it, it's a free for all up here, motherfucker. Yeah, it's
1: like ac goes both ways.
0: Yeah, man. Just like me, I go both ways. <laughs> it's a bisexual joke. That's <laughs> I'm a really clever guy. It's back, to back to that freaky rich guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, n- deep I never told you. you. <laughs> I never told you whose bathroom that painting was in. <laughs> the men's bathroom and i'll never know yeah no i just told you well listen um we can probably wrap this up it's not mine right <laughs> if it was we would have done this interview sooner because i just would have like yeah. posted audio of like here's Laserhawk taking his shit see i told you he's on the show <laughs> got him i got that interview all i wanted to hear so let's listen to another track from uh, Dream Rider, and then we'll uh, we'll wrap this up because we've been talking for a long time. This will be a super length episode, man. Awesome. I'm not going to do a two parter for this one.
1: I'm doing. I'm, I think I'm doing all right for like five hours or less of sleep. You know, Hey, I'm right
0: there Function. with you, dude. I can do this. I go to I go to bed. It's like two in the morning, and then my son's alarm clock goes off at six thirty, and it's really obnoxious sounding. And then he doesn't even wake up, so I have to wake up to wake him up. <sighs> with his alarm
1: like I feel bad about that as a kid my mom had to do that like every day you know it's like why do you even set the alarm god damn
0: you and the thing is I don't it's hard when you also don't care because school (laughs) I hated going to school so I sympathize with him I'm not even on my side as a parent I'm on his side yeah like when he doesn't want to wake up for school I don't want
1: to go to school you're like yeah
0: cool dude, I don't want to go either. Like, I just want to like, (laughs) I walk in his room and sometimes, I I do this sometimes, I'm sure like, it frustrates my wife Where I'll walk in, hit his alarm clock and then just pass out like with him like, so we're just like, both passed out and then like, my wife has to come in and then like, wake us both up because I'm just like, ah, I just can't, I can't do it. Going to school I still hate it. Like, the idea of it, walking him to school, just brings back memories of how I hated walking to school. Right. That's something we all get to look forward to with kids. Like, you get to relive that. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, here's a cool track from uh, Dream Rider. And this is a track that's probably my favorite one on the album. I dig this one a lot. This is Awakening by
2: Laserhawk.
0: Was Awakening by Laser Hawk and I'm here with Laserhawk right now for this lovely 100th episode of Beyond Synth. Congratulations! Uh, it's
1: been nice to talk to you. Are you gonna do 100 more? Hey, yeah, sure. Why not? All right, just checking. <laughs> so, like, am I gonna be? Am I gonna be on like the 200th one? And like, is that gonna buy me like a couple years at least?
0: Do I have to start bugging you about it now?
1: Yes, absolutely. I live for that. Really. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I delete, since I'm so bad at organization, so I delete all my old messages so they don't clog up my Facebook, so I don't have like the running record of our whole conversation ever. I'm sure I do.
1: I actually have archived them and saved them to the cloud. (laughs)
0: Because it would be a funny thing to look at. Because after a while, there's some people who... I know people want me to have them on the show, and I just don't bother. And I get the listeners of Beyond Sense to uh, tweet at Mitch. We call it uh, Tweet at Meech. So you do, like, hashtag tweet at Meach and then tell him to be on the show? He loves it. I think he's going to do it. It's his favorite thing, man.
1: Maybe he'll do the 200th one.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like, have you ever, like, heard his voice? Have you talked to him? I have not. See, maybe there's, like, a whole hidden thing where his voice is just really high-pitched and crazy. I mean, up until I spoke with you, the only idea I had was that uh, uh, Michael keeps doing his impression, which is, like, this heavy Texan accent. I don't accent. remember hearing that. <laughs> he does it every time I talk to him. He's just He does the, y'all... Oh, okay, okay. You don't have uh, you don't have that accent.
1: Yeah, I, I see where he was going with this.
0: So, but before we wrap this up, so what is uh, Laserhawk's all-time favorite... Pinball game. Oh,
1: Barracora. What's that one? Barracora is from like 1984, maybe? I don't know. There's something about it. It's got, it's super simple, but also complicated, especially for the 80s. It's just awesome. And then after that, it'd be Bram Stoker's Dracula.
0: See, I always loved, uh, I haven't seen that movie in a long time, but I always loved the way fucking <laughs> when Dracula says, like, for living blood. And he does this thing with his. <laughs>
1: Just the way he says. Those call outs are in the game. Too. Oh, nice. <laughs> like that non, not particularly, but there's one where he says, like, I always drink wine or I only drink wine yeah. or something. But I never like that.
0: drink wine.
1: But, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna cool you.
0: Those seem like such inappropriate call outs for a pinball game. Like, just. Yeah. It's, I always imagine those being more like kind of fun things that, like, the sound drops you hear. Yeah,
1: yeah. I think most of the time they are, but. It's like, I mean, it's Dracula. What are you going to do? Like put a happy face on the vampire fangs or something?
0: Is there any like Keanu Reeves quotes in there?
1: There is. If you um, have a really terrible score and you end your like last ball, he says, I feel like a blundering novice, I think that's from the movie somewhere.
0: His acting is amazing in that film,
1: but it's not Keanu Reeves. It's like, it's like somebody else doing Keanu Reeves for this
0: amazing I love I mean there's a few Star Wars games I've played where you know they get sound alikes right for the people and it's always hilarious like sometimes they're like they sound okay and sometimes they're like, what the fuck Darth Vader for so I don't know why it is they made a few Star Wars games now and whenever they get other people to do Darth Vader, you'd think there'd be somebody out there who could do a good impression I don't think so but like man. Darth Vader always sounds terrible like in the video games yeah and uh, it's always really surprising to me that they can't find a guy who can do it
1: That's a hard one to replicate I think james earl
0: i don 't know I feel like there 's got to be someone out there. I remember I saw a dude on on the internet. This was like one of the first YouTube videos. I watched, you know, like those old ones where you can still see and they're like fucking 100 by 100 resolution. It was like Transformers. And it was a dude doing like Optimus Prime and he does like all the voices, but he's like swearing and stuff. And it's actually pretty funny. Oh, that's the one where it's just like, he's like getting mad at all the new Transformers because of how shitty they are. It's like, who the fuck is this Autobot? And like just the, <laughs> the dude's fucking like, his his impression of Optimus Prime is so good.
1: That's, that's impressive. But I've seen videos like that too, where... A guy's, like, doing, you know, 50 impressions in one minute or something. And one of the first times that anyone showed me this sort of video was Dave uh, Raposa. And he described the guy as his face is thirsty for fists. (laughs) Because every voice was a different, like, facial expression. And every facial expression was just like,
2: I want to punch that guy's face. Uh, I have that
0: all the time. People (laughs) when they have faces that bug me and I I'm the kind of guy that when something annoys me, I like I just fixate on it. God, did you ever see there was this Canadian trio called Before Four and they had this song called it's like if you get down on me, I'll get down on you. Like it's a fucking garbage song. These dudes are so (laughs) fucking weird looking. That every time that song was on, I had to watch the video. Like, just like, they're so strange. There's like, it's two (laughs) twins, or no, it's it's like twins and then another guy, and they're called Before Four, because there's three of them. Uh And uh, and the one dude literally looks like, he looked like Sandra Bullock. Like this buff looking male Sandra. It was the most frustrating thing. They had like those like.
1: Oh, wow. It's like. It's B. The letter B. Yeah. Yes, it is. The number four. Watch that
0: video. It'll make you mad. What
1: kind of a hairstyle? This is sort of like Jersey Shore ish somehow. Yeah, but it was like 90s. It was like
0: mid 90s and i remember laughing because when i went to film school our cinematography teacher was like the cinematographer on that video and when i found that out it's just like yeah i did that video i'm like what and like i couldn't stop asking questions about him just like you fucking film that
1: video like jesus i typed in the word before and the number four right Mm. and there's like a picture of the three guys and like directly to the left there's a guy that's like at a gun store buying an assault rifle. So, <laughs> before 4 like, watch out, fellas, because there's some angry fans out there.
0: Fucking Google images, man. Uh, the, uh, anyway, listen, we've had a good time
1: today. These guys are terrifying. I see what you're talking about.
0: No, no, exactly. Like, And if you see the video, they're singing and looking directly into camera, right. right? So they're looking at All you. Right.
1: They're, like, moving.
0: And, dude, Whoa. it is... First of all, the video is about going down on a lady, right. but it's like not you know like when videos and like songs used to be like the, the metaphors were a little more veiled. Right. And then like there then there was this point where like I remember when I first heard like the thong song, right? I was like um really surprised. Like it made me laugh because I thought it was a joke. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, this is a joke song. Like I remember as in college, I remember thinking like that's a funny joke song. And then when it turned out it was like oh, that's what music is now? Like, that wasn't a joke song? And I remember, like, yeah, fucking... we are
1: all screwed.
0: Who let the dogs out? I remember, like, listening yeah. to that, just going, like, what the fuck is this? And when I saw the video, I'm like, whoa, it's about dogs? Like, I laughed like, my ass it's off when
1: actually I f- about someone letting the dogs out? How's when
0: I possible? first heard it, I thought this was like, oh, this is, like, one of those, like, mean-spirited songs about, like, ugly people. <laughs> and then when I saw the video, and was like... It was just dogs running around. It's just like, what yeah. the fuck? Like, what is happening?
1: It's a really important question that you really need to get the answer to. It's uh, who let the dogs out? I know, man. Someone's, Someone did. Someone's to be blamed for this atrocity. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, dude, listen. It was good to talk to you. All right, man. Finally, Excellent we did it. One hundred show. I'd say this is at least the best one hundredth show you've ever done.
0: Yeah, man. So listen, dude. What uh, what is Purzum?
1: Oh, Purzum. Yeah, it's is that how you say this it? Awesome band <laughs> that I made up. It goes back to the black metal. Oh, the, the beer you drank. Oh, we're tying it beer, all together. Right, we're tying it. We're going back to that. So there's a band called Burzum with a B. Huh? Right, and this is a guy that I think he like burned a bunch of churches down in Norway or something, and he's just so metal that he went to prison <laughs> for it. and there's a there's a one of his covers someone's standing in this field and someone else online put a cat's face with like the corpse black metal paint around his eyes nice and i was like there needs to be some music that goes with this so i i i i am person it's it's out it's official if you if you search for it on soundcloud you'll find it it's terrible but
0: merging your uh true your love of metal and uh cats
1: and cats right (laughs) i even have like names for all like the members of the band name and like i was like how do you make vocals for cats yeah so how do you do it what's the solution so i found like on youtube like videos of people like just pissing their cats off (laughs)
2: you know (laughs)
1: Whatever it is that like their cat doesn't like, they're doing it and they're recording it and they think it's funny, and the cat's like hissing at them and growling at them or whatever. That's the vocals. That's it. <laughs> Great. Go listen to Purzum. Buy the album.
0: One of these days, I'll have to. I'll have you and uh, and Michael on. He can be Snacks and you can be Purism. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like a,
1: a double header. Dude, Snacks is where it's at. <laughs> Fucking Dude, look snacks. at this, like my original Purzum track has got six thousand plays. <laughs> like to thank all the Purzum fans out there. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Are, is that gonna be the outro music? I hope so.
0: I can play some if you want. You wanna send me a track? Send me some Purzum? I'll fucking throw it on there.
1: Dude <laughs> Just Hey, here's a little a fun fact. The first message that you sent me. Oh, you found it? January twenty second, two thousand fourteen. At ten twenty seven PM. Okay. Hey, man, I've been trying to get a hold of you. <laughs> it's been a while, but hey, the, the persistence pays off, everybody. What did I say next? You said, howdy. I was wondering if you'd ever be interested in being on the podcast. And I said, podcast? <laughs> and you said, yeah, Beyonce. When <laughs> I started last year and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> Anyways, that's how we started, man. Yep. January twenty fourteen. That's exciting. That's where it all began. That's where it and all then, began. And three years of <laughs> messing
0: with me until you finally fucking constant did it.
1: constant bickering and poking <laughs> and prodding. <laughs> I've enjoyed every moment of it since January 2014 and I'm glad to be here today.
0: Well, thank you very much for doing it. And uh, you got you got m- new music? You working on stuff? Can you like tease something no, for like, 2 I, years I, from now?
1: I'm like trying to figure out what to do next. I might do like a breadline, 2. I'll
0: tell you what It seems like you get a lot of inspiration from watching YouTube clips. Yeah. So uh, watch that Before 4 video and then see what that conjures inside you.
1: Oh, that's going to be dirty. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'll try it. I'll try it. All right.
0: Fucking Laserhawk. Pleasure and uh, we'll look
1: forward to more music in the future. All right, man. Peace. (laughs) That's something that, like... B4-4 might say, I think. I, just,
0: I like leaving a long pause as an awkward goodbye just so
1: the other person's like, uh... yeah, Bye. Peace? <laughs> goodbye? <laughs> Adios? <laughs> All right, man. Take it easy. All right, take care, dude.
0: And that was Laserhawk. On Beyond Synth. I want to thank you guys for listening to the show. Tune in next time and uh, thank you for your support. And that's pretty much all I have to say. So uh, happy birthday to you. I don't know (laughs) what that means. Uh, Thank you all for listening to the show. And uh, yeah, tune in next time to Beyond Synth, the best Synthwave chat show there is.
2: you am a